Welcome, everybody, to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. And I've had a really long day, and I can still say that off the top of my head, so I'm still very impressed. Man. Man, it's like you haven't memorized or something. Yeah, or, or not open in front on a Google Doc in front of me, which I don't this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's two times in a row, I might add. There we go. John yeah. Gillen, how are you? Who are you? Oh, I am I'm currently battling keeping my voice so in other words i'm losing my voice but you know like for the greater good i'm gonna soldier on here stiff upper stiff upper lip and all so for the greater good you yeah. just dropped like three or four englishisms and like like britishism <laughs> right there <laughs> yeah well I, I do what i can do what i can so anyway yeah um that's that's kind of where i am what about yourself what have you been up to this week i, I think i am kind of exciting yeah, I'm just I'm just back from a, a music festival in Portugal, and I've got the post-holiday blues. Do 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 do, and just <laughs> like I'm just trying to get back to the it's it's Irish June, so you know what that means: permanently overcast skies and mm. grayness and general malaise and yeah, and so wet I'm, in the afternoon. Wet and, in the afternoon, and also sometimes the morning, um, and and sometimes the night. Oh, uh, so okay. yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> So yes, I am. I'm back. I'm in Ireland, and I'm indoors all the time. So I'm trying to get back to playing guitar, which is what this podcast is about. Welcome everybody. If this is your first time listening, we're very happy to have you here. We are in episode twelve. Good God! So that means if it's your first time listening, go back and listen to all the others. So yeah, you can find them wherever your podcasts are found. If you found this, it's probably in the same place that you found this. <laughs> That's probably well a good bet. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about a few things this week. We're going to do the always popular pedal talk. We are going to do our uh, new second half of our pra- building a practice routine session. But first of all, John, it's yes. time for lick of the week. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it's my turn to pick the lick of the week this week, and I I I, I made it easy. I'm back from holiday. I, I I but I was listening to this a lot. So whenever you're ready, you're going to get it right away. Okay. Here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man um okay so there's a couple of things there but that's uh it is zeppelin isn't it it is zeppelin okay good <laughs> i was like because it does have a little bit of that kind of like maybe it's mountain but it just doesn't sound <laughs> big enough because have you have you ever <laughs> seen have you ever seen your man from mountain i don't like, i don't think so john okay uh leslie west was or is his name and the guy is a mountain he's something like six foot five (laughs) like 280 pounds and his fingers look like bratwurst and it sounds like it too so anyway anyway that's that's not the lick so but uh tell tell us more tell us why you picked it so uh i have very mixed feelings towards jimmy page as a guitar player i love Mm. i love the riffs and everything but Fun fact, my favorite Led Zeppelin riff was not written by uh, Jimmy Page. Uh, Black Dog was actually written by John Paul Jones. Yeah. And But this is not Black Dog. This is Moby Dick, which is actually right. basically a three-minute long guitar solo. But I've always... <laughs> that that lick at the start, I've always loved it so much. Not so much the riff, but the... Because you can hear John Bonham counting, and you know he just made it by like the skin of his teeth. Oh. Then again... Jimmy Page produced everything, so maybe he did it like a hundred times and stuck that one in there because it was the best one. Yeah, come fight me, Jimmy Page. Um, <laughs> you might uh, win at this point because he's like eighty. But yeah, yeah. I, I have friends in a uh, a very very 
accomplished Led Zeppelin cover band. Right. And uh, I was talking to them about it. And they're like, man, apparently some of the the outtakes from the BBC sessions in like the 70s, he was just so strung out on junk that he just couldn't play anything. Apparently, like there's some live material that is super weak. Ugh. But, uh, but yeah, you know. I've, so I've heard. There was the, uh, they did a reunion sometime, I think in the early 80s or something. And it was the page atrocious. And well, yeah. not the page and plan. It was like for Live Aid or something. Oh, okay. Um, and they came on and it was just awful. Um, yeah. I think it was, I think Phil Collins was drumming and then, um, Robert Plant tried to blame it on Phil Collins where he's trying to like count out loud. You could watch him counting out loud to try to keep uh, everybody else on time. And just like, it, it was, it was just a disaster. Absolutely is it on terrible. YouTube? It is. It's a good watch. I, I'm pretty I, sure that's what it was. Page Plant and Collins. I think it was Live Aid or something. I'm um, going to be watching that through my fingers. <laughs> it's just. so bad. And you have to feel bad for Phil Collins because it's, it was during this time too when like um, Page and Plant just had all of this animosity towards each other anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, their stage presence with each other was terrible. And then they, Plant ends up taking it out on Phil Collins in the after interview and stuff. And it's just like... You guys were the ones who couldn't stick anything. Plant couldn't say you. He's been through enough. <laughs> oh. So should we move on then? Yeah, uh, I think so. After we rant. Yeah, after we've delved into Phil Collins, <laughs> I think we've we've lost track. So anyway, pedal talk. Yes. So last w- week we did an intro to multi effects units, and we're going to continue with that. Uh, by talking about some of the most popular mar- uh, models on the market. Now, John, you were telling me about the different ways that multi-effects are used. We talked about pros and cons, but how would you get the ball rolling with maybe one of the most popular ones out there to buy? Okay, yeah. One of the ones that's gotten a lot of attention recently is the Kemper. So the Kemper amp is a is an amp profiler, and it also comes loaded with just a boatload of effects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, essentially what it is, it's different than an amp modeler. So it's a little bit different than say like, you know, we think of an amp modeler like the line six pod or something, yeah. which um, we'll be talking about line six here in a little bit. But uh, what this does instead is it can model any amplifier. So let's say you've got two or three great amplifiers, but you're playing a gig where you don't want to uh, lug around all of those. Yeah. What you do is you plug your guitar into the Kemper, the Kemper goes into the amp, and then um, the mic from the cab goes back into the Kemper. And so what okay. it's doing is it's, it's reading your guitar. It reads the microphone from the amp. Um, and then it's, it essentially um, it copies that. It's sort of like it's taking like a sonic picture, like a sonic snapshot. In fact, one of the... Uh, I have heard of these, yeah. No, okay. I, they're, they're really big. Yeah, I, I was wondering what you were talking about there. And yes, the sonic picture, that's mental. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. So... Um, we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, we've got a little thing here, uh, a YouTube video where your man kind of goes through and explains it. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing what it can do. And one of the things it does too. So it doesn't matter. Like, let's say you're playing through, um, an AC 30 and you've got it cranked. Um, and it's got all the dirt on it and, and you like that tone and that's great. But then if you want to modify that, you can roll the gain off of it on the Kemper and you get an AC30 clean tone. It's oh, wow. really incredible what this thing can do. Um, and so, like, uh, it's, it's perfect for, you know, if you're doing a bunch of studio gigs on the fly, say you've got two or three in a row in a day or something, you don't want to be changing amps out, or even in, a, in two days. Like, if you've ever done multiple gigs in two days, it's just a pain lugging different gear around. 
Um, and then it's great also for things like a small recording studio. If you can't afford or you don't want to have 10 or 15 different amps, this thing does the job. It comes with 200 presets. I feel like I should be hawking these things for them. Like, yeah. come on, Kemper, where's my free amp for selling you these yeah. things? Um, but yeah, it comes with 200 presets. They say there's like over another 500 that you can get online. So they have a, a cloud bank that you can download stuff from. Um, it's super versatile, really interesting. I think I'm talking myself into looking to buy one, but you know. Um, uh, okay, John. Let's let's get to the part. What? How, how much are we talking for one of these? Uh, the Kemper runs about uh, seventeen hundred to two thousand, uh, depending upon where you get it. Um, crazy, yeah. But that's pretty similar, and it does come. So it comes in an amplifier model. I think it's one hundred and fifty watts, so it'll power anything you need. Um, but it can also go directly into uh, a rack mount uh, thing for. Uh, for studio applications as well. Plugs right into your computer, your interface. Um, or you can go with the rack mount option, and they're about the same price. Huh. So, uh, which leads us to another common rack mount option. Dylan, you've, you did some research on the almighty Axe effects. What did you I did a little bit. Uh, I, I just had a look. Now, John, you exposed me to this a few weeks ago. And uh, right. showed me this video of this 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 nerd that had found I don't know what his name is. <laughs> What's his name? Which which nerd? I don't the remember. Guy with the glasses who is like it's better than the end effects. Oh, uh, he calls himself Stevie T. I honestly can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Stevie T. If you're listening, you I hate too. you. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I just yes. you showed me some videos. He's that guy. He 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 is that guy. But he basically what he was saying, he had this uh, software that was saying, but it's better than the Axe FX. And I was like, what, what the hell is the Axe FX? So I looked it up and it's basically this rack mounted unit uh, made by, what are they called? Fractal? Fractal Audio? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just insane. Like space for 768 presets. Good like, grief. Simulations of like 256 amps. It's just insane. And it's, like I, like like before, you can plug it into your your Mac or whatever, or you know your computer, and it's just. But then you again, you have two different variations. You have that, and then you have the 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 effects unit that you play on the ground, and it's just it's basically the the the, the model as well. All these kind of look the same, the you know the the floor models, but this one is, I. But what struck me, John, is when I think of an effects multi effects unit, I think of like. I don't know, a good old bus something or a Zoom something or, you right. know, something. The classic GT5 or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. But these ones, man, it's like two, for the, for the preamp itself, it's $2,249 right now. Oof. Down, down from 3600 Oh, my like, gosh. Like, that would want to be like something you'd, you'd buy once, you maybe sell sell one of sell one of your cars to do it, right. and then you never need to buy anything else again. Like I, I just I, I I don't I just do not see the appeal of something like that. I I think that just even like playing around with it. You were showing me like the the usability of it. Was really really difficult. Right. So yeah. So um that that's it. Also fun thing about the Axe effects. Well, not so fun thing. I was looking up reviews, and there's this one guy named Tony McKenzie who has it's kind of a a scathing review of all these things. It's just, you know, just says how hard, how long it took to deliver and how much he was treated badly as a customer. And yeah. he said that 
he said that he left maybe a review of it online that wasn't so wasn't so pleasing to the owner and the owner left some really negative comments for him and just said it was really it was I don't know and it's mad how something like that could really you know put you off buying gear but just reading that review um, yeah I think I've seen that review isn't it like why I'll never buy another Axe yeah, Effects yeah. or something like that he and, gives it a 2 out of 10 and you're really buying gear that's like $3,500 like you'd think you'd do a better job anyway yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. That. I do have a question though. So the floor, the the floor version, it's essentially the same thing, but it's just it's it's kind of like one of those old school Boss GT type things. Kinda, yeah. It has five hundred and twelve presets, and you've got like sixty four banks kind of laid out to do it. Okay. You can import a lot of stuff from the from the from the rack essentially. Um, okay. Like I'm still fairly new to the world of multi effects, and you know. I, it looks like all the other ones, but a lot of the words are just gibberish to me. Cascaded, overdriven rock tones. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's mental, just the, the language that they I, use. To be this. honest, I don't even know what that means. Cascaded. No, 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 neither do I. It's, it's very highfalutin language, as we'd Apparently. say. Um, okay, but you were ta- you actually talked about the next one last week. And the right. Boss MS3. Tell us, tell us about the Boss yeah, MS3. Yeah, so, so Boss is doing some interesting things. Their Katana's gotten a whole, lot of, uh, a whole lot of love recently on the Guitarist Ireland page. So... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Katana. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tidal wave of... of, of Ah, of opinion, opinions. Yes, yes. Um, so, lads, you know, I love you all. If you're listening, you probably are. But yeah. uh, I hope somebody's listening from there. But anyway, yeah, they, um, yeah, it, it's the um, the MS3 is kind of an interesting little thing. So we were just talking about all the GT models. They've got a bunch of new GT models out. Um, <laughs> but the cool thing about the MS3 is it's actually a programmable switcher. And it has the integrated multi-effects. So that means if you've got a few pedals that you really like, um, you know, we've talked about like some of the boost pedals, like the clean boost pedals that you love, or maybe you've got a compressor, or say you're running some other things, like maybe you've got a Strymon or something, but you need, you need a few extra things to stack onto it, or maybe you've got a weird, like how often do you really use um, your deep, like a deep flange or something like that. So, like, not very often, but you might find one song somewhere, like an obscure Prince song that you end up playing in a cover band. You know, there's no need to carry that pedal around with you all the time or to adjust it. Um, So instead, something like this is really useful because you can, um, it's just programmed right in there, but then you still have the rest of your effects. It allows you to switch them on and off. So you can, you know, if you want uh, your reverb and your drive pedals on, but you want your chorus off, you can do that as well. Um, it has something, another ridiculous number of presets. I can't remember something like 200 and then a bunch of user programmable ones as well. Um, yeah. it also has MIDI and USB connectivity. So it means you can hook it up to your computer. Um, it's, it's a good thing. And I know it's a really kind of, Oh, that's a very obvious thing, but it's quite, it's quite dinky. It's quite easy mm, to carry around. I don't it like is the idea of that. Um, the, the Axe FX one is like six kilos or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So for this again, links in the show notes, uh, but the um, watch the video that's linked to it just because it's, it's really convincing. I was like, Oh, what is that? I want it. I don't know what it is, but I want, you know, one of those kind of things. Yeah. But uh, that's, yeah, it really caught my eye and I'm not that much of a gear nerd. Yeah. And it's like you were saying, it's small. I mean, the, 
it's a guitar pro shop, I think, or pro shop guitar, whatever it is. And they, they have it like sitting on the neck of a Les Paul. Like that's how small it is. Um, so it, it fits on any pedal board. So, uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, the other one too, and this is one that, uh, oh, um, that I've, I actually have is the, the bias FX. Now I've got the, the computer version of it. So, oh um, yeah, yeah, so it's, I, it's both a VST. So that's a visual studio technology. Um, but they also make an amp head and a rack unit, sort of like the Kemper. Um, and the cool thing about this, like I, like I said, I use it every day, um, particularly when I'm teaching. It's just simple. I plug in, every, everything sounds great. Clean tones sound great. Lead tones sound great. Yeah, um, it costs cost you like 60 euro or something. Yeah, exactly. It's something like 60 euro from Thoman. It's like 80 bucks, 80 US dollars. Um, it's... And that's that's the intro version. Then there's the pro version, which gives you a whole bunch more amps and effects to play with, um, more artist models. There's a bunch of cl cloud tones, so you can also save your stuff to the cloud. The cool thing about this, though, is with the amp, um, once you if you purchase the amp head as well, mm -hmm. everything you have on your computer can be programmed straight into the amp. So anything oh, yeah. that you're already working on there. Um, and it's only the, the amp head I think right now is it's between 800, which it's on sale and like a thousand. So just look for a sale and you can get a pretty good deal on it. It's again, it's like a hundred watt head, um, similar deal to the Kemper and that if you're using it with bias amp, which is one of the computer programs, mm -hmm. then it gives you the opportunity to, um, model any amp that you already are playing through. So Again, it's one of those things that you can take to the studio that if you need a silent stage, you know, you just plug the computer in into the, the amp and then you plug the amp into the soundboard and Crazy. you run off of in-ear monitors and it's it brings stage volume way down. And that's kind of one of the big things with most of these is you can run straight into the board and cut your the, the whole messing around with monitors and feedback and all that nonsense just goes away and you just get in-ear monitors. So. Anyway, we've got one more, and uh, you've you've got kind of a nostalgic feeling to some of these things. So yeah, tell us about I, uh, the Line Six. Well, when I was I, Line Six, just uh, it, it's got two corresponding memories for me. One of them is showing up at like an underage metal gig or whatever, and the only <laughs> the only amps there were the Line Six Spiders, and you know it's like it's like a dirty word now in the kind of guitar community because it's just such a clunky kind of. Ooh, unversatile amp but then yeah. again you've got when i was about uh, when i was starting to learn guitar and i couldn't get any decent sounds out of my crappy little you know practice amp uh, i borrowed a line six pod of, right. uh, of a family member and it was just beautiful you know everything you'd, i'd never heard anything like it it was kind of revolutionary um, i mean it was the first thing was. like you could have all these different sounds just right there in your room and plug it into anything yeah and it was just led to like the floor pod and everything. But one thing I was looking at this week was the Line Six Helix guitar processor, which is uh, it's it's I, I gotta say visually it's really really nice. It's really really clean. There's not a lot of marks on the board. It's just got a really nice big display. Um, I was looking at it. Yeah, it's basically 45 amps, 30 speakers, 16 mics, and 70 effects. It's got like uh, some crazy 
crazy effects on it. It's, it's really, really, it's basically kind of like an all-in-one, like all of these are. Um, but one thing that really struck me is that it is on Tolman.ie, which would be the, the kind of like the biggest one that people would go for. It's the number one multi-effects no guitar kidding. unit sales. That's wise. interesting. Yeah, 900 euro. And then you've got like the bigger one, which is 1,222. But it's like, it says everything you must need and it must be really reliable. It's got a heap of four or five star reviews. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. I looked at some demos online. To be honest, there's, I've reached, I reached a point with a lot of these where it all just kind of blends into one. But uh, yeah, yeah I, th I think that's, it's, 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 seems to be quite popular. I think it's great that the line six do still have such a strong arm in the multi effects kind of, you know, arena, which is where they, uh, the, the pod was so revolutionary. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I, it, uh, it seems like it would be, so we're, all these things we're talking about are kind of like right around that thousand dollar, thousand euro price range, except maybe except the XFX, which is 2,500. The, the MS3 is quite cheap as well. I think, well, it's you know, cheaper than them. Yeah. It? Um, like it is like, I, I actually don't have the price in front of me, but yeah, I think, I think that one's like 400 or something like that. So you can correct us if we're wrong, leave a comment, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, it, it, it kind of an interesting grouping of things. Um, and I, so far, I would say personally, I'd lean towards the Kemper or maybe um, the bias head. Like if I were to, if I had to pick one of these things yeah, and, yeah. and money was not an issue, I would probably skip the <laughs> Axe effects. <laughs> even, yeah. even if I had the money for it, I, I kind of feel like that's not, it just may not be the most practical thing. So yeah, moving on. Yeah. Uh, last week, yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. No, no, yeah. <laughs> if this were we're scripted, so polite, it would go a lot smoother. So but it's not. We're keeping uh, things on the edge. Wild cards. Living on the edge. Thank you, Stephen Tyler. So he, they're playing in Ireland tonight. You know that. Aerosmith. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's somebody else playing too, and I um, I don't remember who it is. Um, Devin Townsend, I think, is oh, also wow. in Dublin. Yeah, that guy's mental. He's insane. I think literally, not to yeah. like be down on that necessarily, but yeah, I don't think he's well in the head. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. Um, so. <laughs> so we're going to conclude our uh, segment, which we started last week, and we were like, we're not going to get all of this done at all. So uh, we are talking about building a practice routine. Um, so we've got a few points that we're like to contribute to building your own practice routine, stuff that we've found quite uh, I don't know, helpful, I suppose. Um, so we'll, we start off with, uh, we're talking about songs and so like the importance of learning songs and learning right. solos. I remember, uh, reading an interview with Dimebag Daryl and he said that one of the biggest things you can do is learn, like learn solos verbatim because it just opens you up to so much, so many techniques and, uh, just, I don't know, phrasing, I suppose it gives you a really good idea of phrasing, which Pantera are famously amazing. Huh? Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think that's a really good way of doing it. I remember learning like. I think I've talked about this before, like the, the, the Hotel California solo, which is amazing because you can just break it down into segments yep. and take it, take it bit by bit. Uh, a lot of the best solos are like beautifully phrased, so you can break it down and take like one section for like a week and then the next section for another week. And yeah, I think that's really, really, a really, really good way of like incorporating that into your practice routine so that you're not just playing licks, you know? Yeah. Playing like bits of songs and learning how they work with the chords. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's good to go through and just learn a whole a whole song, you know, um, which can also be really beneficial. And sometimes that's that's hard to do, but um, 
you know, I've, I've talked before about picking apart like a Steve Vai song. Um, but the key is to just kind of break things down into small chunks. I think uh, Ryan Kershaw a couple episodes back talked about that too. Like that's, that's a big thing for him. Um, but this just kind of taking something and realizing like, Hey, just take four bars at a time. And if that's all you get through, that's fine. But there's so much to get out of it. Um, yeah. You know, and if you take something, a solo, since we were talking about solos, one of the ones I like to teach is uh, the solo for Comfortably Numb. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's so tasteful. It's a great example of playing to the chords that are over the progression. Um, I mean, it starts with that, like, that D major arpeggio just right at the beginning. Um, and it's a perfect example of how to use that. Um, yeah. He sweeps it. So there you go. There's a little technique thing in there and his vibrato like that's the big thing i I like to hit on when it comes to david gilmore stuff it's his vibrato is so careful and so tasty on everything he does yeah Um, so anyway um yeah so that's kind of songs and solos i think that's those are an important plus it keeps it fun you know this is why we started playing in the first place like um i think it's i think it's really cool if you're like even just playing guitar with like friends or you know, yeah. just pe- music lovers in general and you can like have these bits off verbatim yeah. just have like little guitar parts off it's really really good it's really really cool how to impress your friends and influence people <laughs> with guitar <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's our next point John uh, we've, uh, one of the things that I like to do um, is jamming um, because it kind of coalesces a lot of the other things we've talked about so whether it's solos um, warm-ups or technique stuff this is an opportunity to kind of bring it all together for me solos are kind of like a way to learn the language think of music as a language and what you're doing is you're building a vocabulary when you learn songs and solos jamming then is you making your own sentences you just taking your taking uh taking what you've got your language and you're spitting it out on the metaphorical page so you paint with words gillen you really do Oh, no, that was, that's, my I, know, I like that though. I like that. I like that. Uh, that metaphor. It's deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So. Of course, like I don't know. Just the whole idea of jamming, putting things into a musical context, is is very important. Um, I I I find even with just like what I, I saw Philip Knight was talking about the two most important guitar players for a bedroom guitar player, and one of them was a looping pedal, so that you can, first of all, it gives you a sense of timing, but it also gives you someone to play with. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great thing. Like, uh, so, you know, when you're jamming, like it can be really loose. It could be, you put down one chord, um, because you're trying to figure out like, what can I play over an A minor chord or whatever besides your pentatonic scale, please. So, um, nothing but love for pentatonic scales, but yeah, my, uh, my little heart just broke there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, you just put down a chord or two chords or whatever, and it gives you something to work with. Sit down with a friend because that's part of the reason we play music, community, etc. Um, you know, there's loads of backing tracks on YouTube. Yeah, so many if you haven't got you can... any friends, yeah, just you know, <laughs> on YouTube. YouTube is your friend. If if you're playing guitar so you can get friends, then there, there you go. Yeah, build, exactly. Building bridges. And so I suppose, yeah, yeah. I suppose the last thing. Uh, I, I suppose it's just listening as well. Like just mm, listening to point. turning on. I remember, yeah, I just like a guitar teacher before told me he used to just like turn on the radio and just play along to whatever he heard. 
and just like melodies or whatever, even if it's just like a top 40 station, you can get something from, from everything. Even if you just take like, say, a fucking Katy Perry song and you get the, the chorus, if you can like try and harmonize with that chorus by yourself, it's going to make you a better player. Yeah, just, absolutely. You just have, to, just have to listen to it. I, I think I learned a lot from just uh, just copying things stylistically, if that makes sense. So it may not have been verbatim, but it would be kind of like, okay, I can hear what this guitar player is doing um, in this situation, just from, from different pop tunes. So you kind of get an idea of tone, um, kind of what tone's appropriate for someone's voice or a particular instrumentation and, and what type of chord voicings this guitar player is using for that situation. And so you can learn, you learn a lot from it. And then I would also say just listening to yourself while you play. Yeah, so if you if you're not listening to how all of this stuff is sounding and you're just mechanically going through the motions, you're really cutting your learning short um, because you end up sloppy, you end up out of time, you end up hitting the wrong notes and not paying attention to it. So use your ears, people. So for God's sake, use your ears. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, yeah. we had uh, I think we what six points here. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to recap, uh, we have six practice essentials or six, six things to build your practice routine. We've got warm-ups, technique, scales and arpeggios, um, and then songs or solos, and then jamming and listening. So that's kind of, there you yeah, have Yeah, like it. we said, if there's anything you missed there, uh, please go back. We have an episode from last week, which is uh, just, you know, it's, it's all there from, if you missed anything from this week. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there you, you have it. Um, okay, well, speaking of listening, so what have we been listening to, Ooh, Mr. Murphy? Seamless, seamless segue. Oh, yes. Uh, I've kind of got that. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, the the music festival. I was at Primavera, and I, I there was some stuff. I mean, there wasn't a lot of guitar music there, but at the same time, I, I picked up on a lot. I just loved seeing the performances and just seeing how things were done. The Bonnie Vare set was incredible. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so uh, that that just just from a musical point of view, uh, just seeing what was going on. Uh, so uh, apart from that, I'm, I'm kind of coming down off that whole thing. Not off drugs, don't do drugs. Uh, <laughs> but off the off the whole musical experience. But I did just find out recently that I am now going to be paid to review. Uh, Brian Wilson is uh, playing in Galway what? in July. So um, I'm being commissioned to write a review for the Irish Journal of Music. So I'm very like excited. Like the that. Brian Wilson? The Brian Wilson is playing Pet Sounds in its entirety. Um, uh, Whoa. As part, of the Gal- yeah, as part of the Galway Arts Festival. Uh, Holy so cow, I, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so I haven't listened to that album in quite a while, so I'm going back to that. Uh, yeah, the harmonies are amazing on that. The fact that the way go. he just like controlled everything in that album is incredible. Um, there's an amazing thing as well, if you can get a chance, it's on Spotify, is the the outtakes, the complete sessions from Pet Sounds. And you can listen to him, like, adjusting the orchestra, just saying, like, you know, because he was only he was only, only adhering in one ear. But he can say, right. okay, the, tr- the trombone player needs to take a step to his left, you know. It's, it's insane, his control over the music. Wow. So, yeah, and wow. it's important. Also, I went back to, because it's the... Is it the fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, it's the fiftieth anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's this week. Oh, so, right. Um, so I uh, went back to that and listened to that a couple of times on my way back from Portugal, and yeah, man, insane. Oh, so, so good, so good. How about you? What have you been listening to? Um, I thanks again to Spotify. So 
Uh, I came across a singer-songwriter from Norway, of all places. Norway! Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. So, um, his name is David Andre Ostby? Question mark? I'm not Norwegian, so if anyone speaks Norwegian, please help me to pronounce that. Um, but yeah, I what I found interesting is it does kind of have some of that... Uh, Scandinavian guitar influence, more sort of your your kind of, uh, I don't know if ethereal is the right word, but it's Ooh. spacious. We'll put it that way. You know, Ooh. when you think of kind of like Sigurós and all those delays and those sorts of things, I know there are, Sigurós is Icelandic, right? Or Swedish? Icelandic. I can't remember. Icelandic, okay. So technically, they're not Scandinavian, but whatever. So, um but yeah, anyway, so in, interesting singer-songwriter. I don't understand any of the words he's saying because I don't speak Norwegian. But uh, just the, the music and the ambiance, it's, it's, been, it's been cool to check it out. Um, and I would recommend checking it out. There's some interesting remixes that he has on his Spotify channel as well if you feel the need for a dance beat. So Ooh. anyway, um, moving on to what have we been working on? So I'll leave that up to you to, to do the first one then, Mr. Murphy. Okay, okay. Well, uh, the first thing I, I picked up on, I heard this. I, I hadn't really been inspired to really work on anything since coming back. And then my girlfriend and I uh, finished season one of Better Call Saul uh, last oh, night. And okay. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've watched it, but the opening this is yet. really, really cool. Just It's like a 30-second guitar part, uh, guitar riff. And I was like, I really, really like the sound of that. It's kind of got this big kind of... Uh, almost Tom Waitsy vibrato and mm. distorted guitars. So actually in the hour that hour before uh, we were recording, I sat down and listened to it a bunch of times and I wasn't going to look up tabs. I was just going to figure it out by ear. Oh, and good man. Yeah. It's, it's, it was really, really cool. Just something, something there, something to get me back. Like as soon as we finish now, I'm probably going to go back to that. Cool. Um, so yeah. How about you? What have you been working um, on? So, Having been back into sort of the teaching realm over here and just kind of, of digging course. in, um, it yeah, been interesting to get a lot of different things kind of coming my way. But one of the other teachers that we've hired, he's been working on uh, like speed bursts Ooh. Um, in, in scales. And in particular, he, like he's starting at a really slow tempo, say like 40 or 50 beats per minute. And then just really trying to find like uh, a 30 second burst. So play 16th notes and then a quick burst of 30 seconds. And it's a really wow. interesting idea because there's a couple of things there. One, you're working on speed, but two, you're really also working on your sense of timing. So how does a group of notes fill a particular space? Whether that's 16th notes and a quarter note or 30 seconds in a really long quarter note, just being able to, to get that sense of um, timing correct is... cool. It's, it's interesting, it's challenging, it's a different way to play your scales too. Um, a, a lot of players, I think Al Di Miola is a good example to listen to when it comes to stuff like this, because he'll play like a nice little melodic lick and then something that just goes really fast, blows your mind, and then it's back into the melody. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, ah, I can't believe you did that. So I gotta love that though. It's, it's kind of, you know, being able to play it, you know, being able to show off every now and again is, is grand. It's yeah, exactly. Well, that's the whole oh. point. That's why we play guitar in the first place, isn't it? It is. God, anyway, I, it is. I think that's what about it for us I think today. so. So, so yes, everybody, uh, tell your friends. Uh, we are, we will, we are having, we're on all the social medias. 
uh, sharpen that axe. Uh, come find us, say hi, leave us an email. What, what you, would you like to hear us discuss? And um, whether yes. you're a newbie or advanced or somewhere in the middle, uh, just, yeah, get on to us. Yeah, give us a tweet. Absolutely. Or, or a like or whatever, a share, a subscribe, a heart. I don't know. Any a of hug. those things. A hug. Unreal. Yeah. A, a virtual Friends. hug. <laughs> Stay sharp, my friends. <laughs>